are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good show for you today. We're going to talk about that writer strike and if it has any effect on Bachelor programming. Some Dancing with the Stars news. I'm going to talk a little Vanderpump Rules. One final thought on the Peter and Kelly breakup. F-Boy Island is returning to television. We've got another reboot in Hollywood, but this one I can't wait for. And wrap it up with a little Met Gala talk yet again. And we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. It re-releases this Friday, May 5th, on comingoutforlove.com. Go to bundles, choose whatever bundle you'd like, and on your checkout, type in the promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off of your order. That's comingoutforlove.com, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. Click on the bundle that you want to purchase. Even the smallest bundle there gets you the whole season of Coming Out for Love. There will be a new episode released every Friday starting this Friday. Promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off of your order. Now, the biggest thing in Hollywood and... I don't want to bog you down with details about what the writer's strike is all about there. Cause there's, there's a lot of things that writers want. And essentially I think one of the main things is with everything going to streaming now and the fact that Netflix and Disney plus and Hulu don't release their numbers, the people that write these shows are like, well, if you're never going to tell us how many downloads it gets, we don't really know how popular the show is outside of winning awards but we need to be compensated for this. And then the streaming services are basically standing by the fact that, no, we're not going to release our numbers. So they're just in a standstill. The last writer strike we had was back in 07 and 08, and it lasted 100 days. And so scripted shows, done for the time being. Late night talk shows, all went dark starting last night. Saturday Night Live, a weekly show that's written by writers, done until this thing is settled. Pete Davidson was supposed to host this weekend. Clearly, he's not going to because SNL is running re- SNL is running repeats until the writer strike is over. And if the writer strike ends during the summer, it's not like they're going to come right back because they don't start until the fall anyway. Usually October, maybe end of September, beginning of October is the new season of Saturday Night Live. So unless this thing gets resolved in literally a week or so, which I don't think is going to be the case, SNL will not have a new season, uh, new episodes until September or October. But in short, no, it does not affect The Bachelor and The Bachelorette franchise. Reality shows, entertainment news, sports, interview talk shows are not subject to the Writers Guild Association Agreement and are unaffected by the strike. So all your reality shows will remain. And some scripted shows will be releasing new episodes because they've already been written, already been filmed. But no new episodes are being written right now and won't be written. And so it's whatever streaming services, whatever network services have in the can, that's what we'll be airing. And we don't know when this is going to end, but it is... I understand why the writers are striking. I would too if I were them. It's just... If the streaming services aren't going to release how popular the shows that they write are, these writers, then how can you know how you are going to be evenly compensated? You don't. 
you you can't know if we don't know. It's like, okay, if this show gets 500,000 downloads, we should get paid X amount. If the show gets 2 million downloads, we should get paid X amount. Well, the streaming services don't release those numbers. So how can the Writers Guild ask for whatever money they want and and be like fair when the streaming services aren't releasing their numbers. And I, I don't understand it. It's probably way above my head as to why they don't release it. Um, they don't want to be as transparent as possible. I don't know, but it sucks. Any strike sucks. And I think the writers uh, eventually there an agreement will eventually come will happen uh, when it happens. Nobody knows, but they'll eventually work things out where they will be compensated for their streaming uh, for all the streaming services so when that bit when that is we're not sure yet interesting news yesterday out of the dancing with the stars world did you see that it is going back to abc in the fall last year was the first season on disney plus and remember when i talked about it at the time i said on disney plus it's kind of weird watching the show because there's no commercial breaks yet the show was the full two hours when you tuned in every monday night it was always two hours long. Well, when you watched it on ABC for the previous 31 seasons, yeah, it was a two-hour show, but there were 40 minutes of commercials, so it was only an hour and 20 long, yet it looked like the same show to me, and I guess they maybe just let the judges talk more, backstage segments lasted longer, whatever the case may be, but it's coming back to ABC, and it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. So while you will be able to watch it live on ABC in the fall, it's also going to be airing on Disney+, Plus during streaming at the same time. So I guess streaming will just have to run commercials because it wouldn't make sense if they didn't because they have to run commercials on ABC and on the broadcast side. Now, what this does for Bachelor in Paradise, I don't know because we don't know the schedule yet for Bachelor in Paradise. It's definitely happening, but Bachelor in Paradise doesn't want to compete with Monday Night Football. So my guess, well, now that... <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise is running in the fall, and it'll run after after charity season, which roughly beginning of September. I, I, I don't know. I honestly, now that I think about it, well, Monday Night Football is on ESPN. It's only on ABC a couple a couple of the weeks. So it is possible, yeah, because like the first week might be an ABC game and the second week, because last year it was like the first week and then the second week, and then they were on ESPN. So just thinking out loud here, Dancing with the Stars is either moving to Tuesday or Bachelor in Paradise is moving to Tuesday because they can't air on the same night because Bachelor in Paradise is two hours. Unless they make Dance with the Stars one hour every week and Paradise airs after it and they air it on Mondays. I, I don't know. We don't know the schedule yet, so kind of just pointless to speculate. But what I do know is Monday Night Football, only for the first, I believe, two weeks of the season, airs on ABC and ESPN. After week two, I believe it's just ESPN. So Mondays and Tuesdays will both be available to Bachelor in Paradise and Dance with the Stars. We just don't know which show is getting which night. But as we get closer, I mean, shit, they haven't even started filming Paradise yet. So once that starts happening in June, then we'll go from there. 
A final thought on the Peter and Kelly breakup that I talked about yesterday. The fact that they never did any sort of interview and never even did a Instagram post where they wrote a caption talking about getting back together. It was just, hey, people saw them together. They were holding hands. They would post pictures on each other's Instagram stories. It's like, okay. But no, we don't know any reason why they broke up. We just know they are broken up now again a second time. I'm wondering which of the two is the first to speak out. Who, What podcast is going to get Peter first or what podcast is going to get Kelly first? where they talk about it, or maybe an interview on one of the entertainment sites, whether it's E, whether it's Us Weekly, whether it's People, I don't know. But I have a hard time believing that neither of them are going to say a word about this breakup. I got to believe it's coming, but I can't tell you who is going to be the one to do it. But I can't imagine both of them are just going to be quiet and nobody say a word about the other one. Because... They got back together in December, and they lasted four months. So it's not like this was, again, I don't know the reason for the breakup. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe they will keep quiet. I find that hard to believe. One of these two is going on a podcast at some point and going to say something. I, I They just can't help themselves. And when they do, we will certainly be covering it here on the Reality Steve podcast, that's for sure. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move on to some other TV news, and that is we had heard that the CW was going to pick up F-Boy Island. It moved off of HBO Max. We had heard about a couple months ago the CW was looking to pick it up. It became official yesterday. Nikki Glazer posted it on her Instagram page. It was all over the entertainment sites. F-Boy Island has been picked up by CW. It will air in fall of 2023, and in addition, we're getting an F-Girl Island that's going to air in 2024. My only thing is this. As much as I loved both seasons of the show, and I had the leads from the three women on season one and the three women on season two on my podcast, they were all great. I still talk to Tamaris every once in a while. She is a bundle of laughs. Uh, she cracks me up with some of this stuff that uh, she <laughs> she tells me. But F-Boy Island, F-Girl Island, my only problem is it's going to network television. I think one of the biggest reasons why we really got into what they could cover on F-Boy Island was because it was on HBO Max. They could curse. They could make sexual references. 
and actually use profanity. Now, I mean, obviously I'm going to watch, but how tame do they have to be now that it's going to be on the CW? And I can't remember the last show that I watched on the CW. Maybe when SmackDown was on the CW in the early 2000s. I didn't even know it was still a channel, but apparently it is. Um, so I, yeah, I'm happy it's coming back, but kind of disappointed one of the streaming services didn't pick it up because now they have to adhere to network TV standards and that's no fun. I want to see and hear cursing. I, I just, I, I'm curious to see how this goes, but glad it's back. However, I have my reservations. Now, something else that came out yesterday was the Vanderpump Rules finale trailer, which is, I guess, next week. But what is that? Part one of the finale? Or is it going to be a two-part finale and then a four-episode reunion show? Because I don't think they're close to (laughs) ending this thing. Whatever the case may be, I've never watched one episode of Vanderpump Rules. But you can bet your ass I'm tuning in to this finale because I know who the characters are and I know what happened. So it's not like I need 10 seasons of history to watch the Vanderpump finale next week and be like, you know, and not have a clue what's going on. I think I could probably pick up what the hell's going on, considering I know that Tom broke up with Ariana because he was cheating on her with Raquel for eight months. And I want to see that moment where, I mean, in the trailer, you saw it. Ariana's losing her shit on Tom, which she should. So it's just funny. I've never seen one episode in 10 seasons, and I will be glued from this point on to at least the finale and however many episodes the finale they drag it out for and then however many reunion episodes they have, probably at least two, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's three because don't some of the housewife shows have like three episode reunions. I got to believe Vanderpump's going to have at least three. And does this mean I start watching next season from the beginning? I don't know. I will see if this, I know this will hold my interest in the short term because I want to see how it all played out and who said what to who and who knew what, when, and all this stuff. And then I'll watch the reunion, and then I will make a determination. Am I going to be a Vanderpump watcher going forward? We shall see. I don't know just yet. I've always said that Hollywood runs out of ideas, and that's why the best movie not shouldn't say the best movies, the highest rated movies, I shouldn't even say rated, the highest grossing movies, the movies that make the most money, in Hollywood are Marvel movies and animated movies. It's just you never get a original screenplay movie that just kills it at the box office. There might be a movie that does really well in the award shows and, you know, everything everywhere all at once that won all the awards for the Oscars. It's not like it made a gazillion dollars or a billion like super fucking Mario Brothers did in a month that it's been out worldwide. It's just the the movies that make all those hundreds of million are always either sequels or MCU or or animated movies. It's just it's the way it is. And Hollywood is just not the most creative when it comes to producing and writing new ideas for movies. It just it just doesn't. And 
we're getting another reboot of an early, I can't remember if it was late 90s or early 2000s action movie. Well, boy, am I fired up for this. We are getting a cliffhanger reboot, and Sylvester Stallone is on board. If you've never seen Cliffhanger, it's one of the, action-wise, one of the great movies of, you know what, I need to look this up. What year What year did Cliffhanger come out? I want to say it was, before I blow it up, I want to say it was late 90s. That's what I'm going to go with my guess. Oh, shit, early 90s. 93? Wow. Okay. So it came out in 93. And action-wise, one of the, one, just a great action thriller. But one of the worst <laughs> written movies, the dialogue in it is so bad and so many one-liners that they thought were going to hit. And while you might still quote them 30 years later, like I do on occasion, they're just, <laughs> they're corny. And, but just the story itself and the climbing of the mountains and all that. I just, it was awesome. Great, great flick. Great. I mean, a total TNT on the weekend flick that once you, if you come across it on cable or TNT or TBS, no matter what point you get at in the movie, if you come across it on your TV, you're watching the rest of the movie. It's just impossible not to. It's one of the best bad movies out there. One of those good, bad movies. And they're doing a reboot, and Sylvester Stallone is in. So you know what that means? That means I'm in, because I want Gabe back up on that mountain, and I want to see if somebody falls off a rope to their death. Again, spoiler alert. Sorry, you've had 30 years to watch it. And I just, I'm I'm so all in on this. I cannot wait. But will it? live up to the hype of the first one probably not you know what else i saw this weekend on hbo that i saw in the theaters once and i knew i'd be disappointed because it would never live up to the original but dumb and dumber 2 not dumb and dumberer no not that one dumb and dumber 2 when jim carrey and jeff daniels came back 20 years later to do the movie i didn't think it was as that funny in the theaters when I saw it. You know, I walked out. I'm like, okay. I mean, it was just it was what I expected. They did a lot of the same goofs and gaffes that they did from the first one. But the first one was such a classic. But I rewatched. This is the first time I saw it again. I, it was on HBO this weekend, and I rewatched it. About I turned it on. It was like 20 minutes in, and it wasn't as bad as I remember it. Actually, it was pretty funny. And I guess it was probably because I set my expectations so high, but. Anybody seen Dumb and Dumber 2? I mean, it almost follows the same exact story. It was the same exact type of trope of the things that they did and the things that they said. But not bad. I don't remember it being that funny when I watched it in the theaters, but pretty good. Anyway, we're getting a cliffhanger reboot, and Sylvester Stallone is in, so I'm in. And I just want to end with this. Talked about the Met Gala yesterday. Thank you to those who reached out to me and told me what it was. It's basically a charity event for the New York Museum, Metropolitan Museum, I guess. But my question was not answered. I want to know what they serve there. What are these highfalutin celebrities eating? 
at the Met Gala once they get inside? I mean, is it, you're going to have caviar? Or can we get some chicken wings and fries? Can we get some pigs in a blanket? Maybe some slices of pizza? Or is it like a $500 dish where it's a giant dish and your food takes up about, oh, one-sixteenth of the dish? Is it one of those, one of those kind of deals? Is it a sit-down? Or is it or is it not even a sit-down dinner? Or are there people just walking around with trays and you can eat caviar off of a tray? You know, I don't know. I don't know what they eat. I now know a little bit more about the Met Gala and what it represents and what the hell it is. But man, I I wish I wish an event like that would be like, hey, let's cater in some In and Out. Even though In and Out isn't in New York, I get it. I know you can't do that, but I don't know. Maybe Olive Garden wants to cater the Met Gala next year. That'd be great. I might even attend. Oh wait, I would never get on the invite list for the Met Gala. This isn't open to the public. Oh well. I just want to know if they eat food there and what type of food it is. I'm guessing it's high-end stuff, and I, I, that's disappointing to me. I just think an event like that where people dress up so silly, they should be serving, like, bar food. I think it would just kind of be funny. Maybe one year just as a joke they do it. But I guess I know what the Met Gala is, and I know I'll never attend. So that's all that matters. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. Pass it along to your friends. Let everybody know the Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now to talk about last night in the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you.